Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I'm Zach Drew. And I'm Andrew Bellers. Today, uh, there, we're going to be talking about a subject that has been laying heavy on my heart for, I would say, at least three or four weeks now. Um, I've been praying a lot about this. Uh, Andrew and I have been talking about it as weeks mm -hmm. go by that, that we're not sure when the right time to give this message is. And I just felt like this week is the week to give it. I want to say this, end times news and prophetic news and what's happening in the world and exposing things that are in the dark and bringing them to light, that is one of the key things that we do here. Yeah. But it, that type of information pales, I mean, I mean brutally pales in comparison to the severity of the message that we're giving given today. Mm. You see, today's message is it necessarily uh, lasered for the people that don't believe in God at all? Mm. Now, it, it, it is. If you're watching this program or someone you know, sent the link to you to watch this program, it is for you. But it, it's, even, it's, it's more even lasered for those that call themselves Christians mm. and their lives look nothing like it. You see, the most horrific thing and, and, I, and, I, and I thought about this sentence. I wanted to make sure that this wasn't even, I, I didn't want to make it sensational at all. I wanted yeah. it to be accurate. But it, it sounds like a sensational sentence, but it's not. The most horrific thing that could ever happen to anyone ever in the scope of all eternity is hell. Okay, it's going to hell. You see, and the thing is this, is that a half of 1% of the American people, Andrew, believe that they are going to hell. That statistic honestly blows me away because <clears throat> we talk about how there's going to be this great deception that's going to overcome the world and the church specifically in the end days. And to think that in, in our country, which is, you know, whether... Whether people are practicing or not, I would still say the majority of people in our country would say that they're Christians. And the majority of people that say they're Christians, Andrew, I fear that they are not. And now mm. here's the thing is that where I'm coming up with these thoughts, they're not on my own. These are literally, I've been reading the red words like crazy. Mm. I've been literally just going through the Gospels and reading, devouring the red words, staying in the red words. And Jesus says them some things mm. that we're going to be talking about today that every single person that, that mm. says they're a believer, they have got to read these scriptures and analyze their life. And they quickly, have to. And quickly, you know, that really is that really is the whole point of everything that we talk about. You know, we talk about what's happening in the news and current events and we line it up with revelation and scripture. And the point of that is not to make us seem smart or to say, you know, we have a certain eye for things that people don't have. The whole point of that is we have set the standard, a, a lot of us have set the standard for for salvation and for our lives so low. And God wants to bring the heart of the true church back to his people. That's right. And I feel like a lot of us really are missing it. You know, and, you, go and ahead. We're coming on an age where, where persecution is going to happen for the, real, for the real Christian. And if you're, if you're not really 
living for God, if your heart doesn't belong to Him, mm -hmm. what's going to happen? That's right. You see, we are living in, I believe that we are living in a great deception right now. You see, the, the Satan, and I hate to, I, I don't believe until we get to heaven we're going to realize how good, and I don't even like to give him, like, I don't want even want to put him on a pedestal, but mm -hmm. I just, I've got to say it. I don't think we're going to realize until we get to heaven just how good Satan was at deceiving us, at blinding us, at deceiving mm -hmm. us, at blinding us. You see, here's the thing. Satan's deception is a massive tree with many different branches. And you say, oh, well, that's just a, de a deception. Well, that is, he's doing that just to blind you, just to blind you, just to mm -hmm. deceive you. These are all the branches, but the trunk of everything that he's blinding you to look at, that he's mm -hmm. deceiving you so that you don't pay attention to, he doesn't want to. And I believe this is that towards the base of that trunk, he doesn't want you to think about death. Mm. He wants you to become so consumed with the things of this world that you don't think about the eternal things. You see, that's why the Word of God says to focus on the things that are unseen. To focus on them. Focus on the things that are unseen. For what is seen is just temporary, but what it's unseen, that is what is eternal. You see, but Satan's tactic is the exact opposite. Focus on everything that you can see so you never pay attention and we can, to the things you don't see. We can see that from the very beginning. I mean, when you look at the garden, and God said explicitly, if you eat from this tree, you will surely die. That's right. And, and Satan said... Did he really say that? Exactly. Surely you won't die. And, and from the very beginning, every single day of your life, that is the choice that you have. And the discernment of the Spirit makes it clear what's right and what's wrong. But the choice that we have, God laid it out through the prophet Moses. He said, I lay before you today life and death. Mm -hmm. And he made it very clear in no uncertain terms. What I'm setting before you is life and death. And you're absolutely right. Satan doesn't want us to believe that our every day, the end result of our lives, is, is eternal. That's right. You see, the Barna Research Group years ago did a poll, and they found out that a half of 1% of the American population believe that they are going to hell. You see... So the majority, the large majority of people in America believe that they're going to heaven. And man, this is such a hard teaching, Andrew. You see, Jesus, Jesus says something that's almost contradictory to those people's thoughts. You see, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, he says this, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. So narrow is the gate that leads to life, mm. and broad is the way. So many people, it says, it says, for the wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many mm. enter through it. So basically, mm. if your life looks like everyone else's life in your workplace, the, everyone else's life around you that really, truly doesn't know the Lord, if your life looks like theirs, it says many enter in through the wide gate that leads to destruction. You see, I want to say this, though. I, I love this, that Jesus, out of all the other religions of the world, Jesus is the most inclusive, mm. saying all are welcome. All are welcome. 
come die to yourself and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. All are welcome. All have the opportunity for the gift, the free gift of salvation. You do. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you haven't done. Jesus says, you are welcome. Now follow me. So he's the most inclusive of all the religions. But out of all the religions, I believe that Jesus is the most exclusive as far as he is the only one. He is the yeah. door that gets to heaven. You see, there is no roundabout way to get to heaven. I need to make that very clear. There's no roundabout way to get to heaven. It says that Jesus is the mediator, mm -hmm. the middleman. Is Jesus is the mediator between God and man. There is no other. And, you know, I think when I, when I look at the, the words of Jesus here, <clears throat> you know, I think about, he said many will enter through it, the broad gate that leads to destruction. And I think, you know, in the history of time, how many people have been born and have lived on the earth and how many of them haven't even professed Christ. You know, that's, that's probably a lot. You know, I'd, I'd wager to guess it may even be in the majority. But what's interesting to notice that Jesus here is speaking the extension of the ministry of Jesus is to all nations. It is to all men. But Jesus explicitly, when he was on earth, said, my ministry is to the lost children of Israel. And even when he sent his disciples out, it was to the surrounding towns. It wasn't, he said, don't go to the Gentiles. Initially. Initially. And mm -hmm. eventually, of course, through the ministry of Paul, his ministry reached to all nations. That's and that right. was prophesied. You know, as far back as Isaiah and, and before that, um, God said, I'll make a nation out of a people that's not my people. But when Jesus was speaking, and this is important to understand in the context of this message, when he was speaking and said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. He was speaking to Israel. His ministry was to the lost children of Israel, mm -hmm. the chosen people of God. It was not to the Gentiles. It was to God's own people, his elect. And he was saying to them, not to the world. He was saying to them. So essentially you could put it in today's perspective by saying it's like Jesus is talking to the church. He's talking exactly. to his own people that claim said, to follow him. Ex exclude the rest of the world. And you're thinking when you consider this verse, because of course, if you don't know Jesus, then we're going to enter through the broad gate. He said, those who know me and call themselves my church, even few of them. That's right. There are three verses that I'm going to be sharing today that these are the verses that have been on my heart so heavy these last several weeks. But I want to share a quick quote from Billy Graham. You see, Billy Graham once said, that there are many false converts in American churches today. Some believe they are saved and they are not. They prayed a prayer. They walked the aisle. Maybe they filled out a decision card. But that is not how someone is saved. That only gives people false assurance. And even with the sincerity of their decision, there is no transformed life. They could be sincere, but sincerely wrong. This has created thousands of false converts, and today the tares and the wheat sit right next to each other in church, and no one is warning them of the coming wrath of God. You see, if you simply just pray to prayer as your fire insurance to make sure at the end of life that, that you get to go to heaven, and that is it, 
no transformed life, no repenting of your ways, no picking up your cross and following Jesus. And a, a life that looks that you can, it says you can judge a, a, a tree by the fruit it bears. If you bear none of God's fruit in your life, if you even make no attempt to change your ways, if you're addicted to pornography and you don't even give a rip, if, you're, if, you're, if all you strive for in money is getting that promotion and your spirit is never checked because all you want is money, 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 you see, there are certain litmus tests that would reveal that maybe you aren't truly following Jesus. You see, many people believe they are saved, but the Lord will one day tell them, away from me, for I never knew you. Now, I just want, this is a hard message, and I just want to reiterate again that the gift of salvation is for everyone, everyone. But there are so many that believe they are saved. And why I'm, mess why I'm giving this message today is because an absolutely terrifying thought to me. Mm -hmm. Because you, maybe you, I'm, I'm talking to the people that this message is for, because you don't read and understand the scriptures that you will die one day and be before the Lord. Mm -hmm. And you will have assurance, a false assurance in your life. To think, yeah, I'm saved because I prayed a prayer when I was seven years old or I was, I was baptized. Yeah. I was baptized. And the Lord would look at you and say, I never knew you away from me. Can you imagine the sheer terror of that? Thinking you were okay your whole life. And then the Lord says to you, away from me, I never knew you. And you spend eternity in hell. And it says within these scriptures that many will say to him, many will say to him on that day, Lord, Lord. Let me read this verse for you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. This is, the, this is the red letters. This is Jesus speaking. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So we need to stop there and think about it. So not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So what's his will? That's incredibly important. Verse 22, many, okay, highlight that. It doesn't say few. It doesn't say some. It doesn't say there, there, there may be some that say on that day. No, it says many, and this is Jesus saying it. Mm -hmm. So you can take it to the bank. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. So what we're doing today is no matter what, no matter what we do, Andrew, Still on that day, many will say it because the Lord said it. Yeah. No matter what we can do, no matter, no matter who we talk to in this life, yeah. there's nothing that we can do so that many still don't do it. Because God's not a liar. Because he's not a liar. His word is true. But our goal is to save a few, to yeah. save those from this horrific end goal, this end fate. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons, and in your name, perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So first of all, I want to stop and think to, you know, think to yourself, these aren't just, and this is, this is inclusive of, of these people that are just simply pew-sitters. Yeah. But these here are even, 
I mean, raising the bar. These are the ones that if Christians can have idols, they, they idolize. They're, they're performing miracles. They're casting out demons. They're healing the sick. Yeah. In Jesus' name. And Jesus didn't say, no, you didn't do that. Jesus, right. Jesus didn't say that didn't happen. What did he say? He said this, and we can't, we can't have our own opinions on this. He simply just said this, I never knew you. I never knew you. Yeah, you did those things, but I never knew you away from me. So what in the world does it mean for God to know you? Because now it's important to know what his will is. Because it says, the one who does my will, it says, uh, Lord, Lord, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, that's who enter, enters the mm -hmm. kingdom of God. And then he says, I never knew you. So what does it mean to be known by God? I, uh, if, if this message is a, is a conviction to you, if you feel any animosity towards us because it's coming through us, you know, don't shoot the messenger, but understand that we're not your judge. And we have to answer for our own lives. You know, there will come a day where we stand before God. And there will come a day where you stand before God. And we will be held accountable for not sharing this message. That's right. And to think that God loves you so much and you don't understand the fullness of it or that you wouldn't have intimacy with him, we can't just let that go. And, and this is the heart of of. Really, whatever you take away from, from any show that we give, this really is the heart of all of it. We want you to be ready. We yeah. want you to be prepared in, you know, in, in, in the physical, in your finances, in whatever, but especially spiritually, because there will come a day when you will be hated because of your faith. And in that day, it's our desire that you would be strong and that you would know the Lord. And that's right. You see... Many will say to me on that day, Lord, 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 Lord. You see, in Jewish literature, when a person's name is mentioned twice, it always indicated that they had an intimate relationship with whoever they're speaking to. Like when God said, Abraham, Abraham, or Moses, Moses, or in the New Testament, whenever the Lord said, Saul, Saul, you see... So many on that day of his judging the world will say, Lord, Lord, but not everyone who says that will enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, that will be the most dreadful thing that any person could ever hear. You see, they thought that they knew God. Mm -hmm. They thought that they had a relationship with him. Why? Because their preacher is their standard. Because their Christian mm -hmm. counselor is their standard and they believe their words because your Christian, your Christian fellowship on Saturday nights tells you what they believe the word is saying. You see, that is people's standard today. Whenever our standard is Jesus. Our standard is the word. Just because someone told you something, you've got to be like the Bereans in the book of Acts and go back to the word to see if what they're saying about God is true and accurate. You see, so here's the thing. So it says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So these super mm -hmm. people, away from me, for I never knew you, you're evildoers. Yeah. So here's the thing. Well, of course God knows them. 
God knows all. But yeah. the, the word know there in the Greek, it carries the meaning of intimacy, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's actually saying, I, don't, I didn't really know you on a deep level. So there, therefore, whenever they say, away from me, for I never knew you, God says, I never knew you. How do you get to know God? Mm -hmm. And then the more important question is, how does God get to know you? Because it wasn't, it wasn't you never knew me. Get away from me. It was, I never knew you. You see, if I go and try to talk to President Trump and I jump over the fences at the White House, so the you know, Secret Service is going to be around me in seconds, and, I'm gonna, and I could scream, I want to talk to the president. I want to talk to him. Well, who are you? Who are you? Well, I know who he is. I know who President Trump is. Let me have a meeting with him. I'm trying to rush in the White House to have a meeting with him. You see, it doesn't matter if, if I know who President Trump is. It's does President Trump know who I am? You see, it's about that. It's about does he know you? So here's the thing. The Word of God answers that for us. Thank you, Lord, for this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3, it says this. Whoever loves God, but whoever loves God is known by God. So, if you love God, if you love Jesus, if you love them, then it says that God knows who you are. So now simply just put it back into Matthew chapter 7. Away from me, for I never knew you. Well, 1 Corinthians 8, 3 says... For those who love God are known by God. So Matthew chapter 7, it's essentially saying, away from me, for you never actually loved me. You never loved me. See, that's what it's saying, Andrew. Yeah. That's what it's saying. And so here's the thing. So let, let's keep going with this. So Jesus was telling the so-called believers to depart from him because they never really loved him. You see, in first, or excuse me, in John chapter fourteen, verse fifteen through twenty-one, it then now characterizes what the person will look like who loves God. So away from me, for I never knew you, which means away from me, for you never really loved me. And a litmus test to to even just be able to start to identify: Do you love the Lord? Jesus said in John chapter fourteen, fifteen, he says this: If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, keep my commands. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. So to sum this up, Jesus was saying to these people who thought that they intimately knew him, he said, away from me. For you never even loved me. And the ones who love God follow his commands, follow his teachings. So they didn't even have a lifestyle that looked even close yeah. to that of a true Christian. So I want to say this to you. So then what you need to do is, you, first of all, you need to go and find out what are the Lord's commandments. Start reading the, wor the, the red words. Read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7, and read the things that the Lord says, first of all, not to do, yeah. but, but what to do. You see, the life of the believer, Jesus says to go out and feed the hungry. 
Jesus says to clothe the naked. Jesus says to take care of the widows and the orphans. This isn't, well, if the Lord convicts me, you don't have to be convicted over this. Jesus already said to do it. So if there are certain things that Jesus said to do, you know, go out and preach the gospel. Yeah. If you can't go out physically and preach the gospel, then make a way. Mm. Make a way. If, you can, if you're not physically able to feed the hungry, then donate to a, 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 a soup kitchen. Mm. Donate to a ministry that is gospel-minded. Do your part. You see, if your life looks nothing like the life that Jesus said his Christ follower, that his followers would look like, you have reason to question. You see, it's not about his commandments, okay? It's not about simply doing things like a robot because God says to do it. No, 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 no. The thing is this. He first said, get away from me, for I never knew you, which means you never loved me. Yeah. You see, the first thing, Andrew, is do you love God? Do you love God? Do you worship God? Because let me tell you a secret about worship. Whatever you worship, you can't even help it. It's a natural byproduct. Wherever you worship in life, you naturally become more like. You naturally become more like. Yeah. So if you worship God, if you love God, you'll naturally become more like Him. So it's yeah. not about following His commandments. It's about falling in love with Him. And His commandments will become a byproduct exactly. of that. It's it's exactly not about following his commandments because we know that the law is impossible. The law is impossible to, to live perfectly. I mean, James said, if you miss one of these, if you keep the whole law and you miss one, then you are guilty of breaking the whole law and the wages of sin are death. Mm -hmm. So it's impossible to keep the law. So it's like, God, how can you, how can you put this great burden on me? that I have to keep all of your commandments, and if I miss one, I miss them all. How can anyone carry that burden? Well, well, that was the cry of the entire Old Testament. That was the cry of every prophet. But they saw That's the right. hope that was in Christ. And the hope that is in Christ is that, you know, <laughs> Jesus said, I'm going to shoot straight with you. You know, I didn't come to abolish the, the law. I came to fulfill it. I came so that you would really know the heart of righteousness and, and pure holiness. What he said in Matthew 5, 21 he said, you've heard uh, you shouldn't murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause is in danger of the judgment. If you're angry with your brother, you are in the same danger. You're in, in danger of the same judgment as someone who's murdered somebody. And he said, you shouldn't commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart with her. Jesus was saying, guys, this is so much bigger than you even imagined. That's right. And how could we ever do it? But, uh, but you know, it also says this. In 1 John 5, 3, it says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And Jesus said, you know, the commandments are even greater than you, than you thought. But it also says this, and his commandments are not burdensome. <laughs> Amen. Well, is that just one of those crazy contradictions in Scripture? I mean, how could it possibly be that Jesus said, if you even have a lustful thought towards a woman, if you even have anger, who hasn't been angry with someone? If you even have anger, you're guilty of murder. So how, it's impossible. How could it possibly be true yeah, that, it's not, burdensome. that it's, it's not burdensome? Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. See, what that really means is that the grace and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in us. Jesus, Jesus, it says that he put to death 
the works of sin in the body so that the righteous mm -hmm. requirement of the law would be fulfilled in us, that, that the Holy Spirit will be our helper. That's what Jesus said. I go so that, right. so that the helper can come. And, and he'll discern between what's right and wrong. And, and if you just commit, you don't have to commit to be perfect in every way. If you just commit, I'm going to give as much time as I possibly can to the Lord, then I know that he will seize my heart That's and he'll right. show me, he'll father me. The, the father of heaven and earth will father me and he'll show me what's right and wrong and he'll, he'll correct me in my every way. Amen. Amen. You see, we're out of time for today. But I want you to know that this show isn't trying to say, go out and do all of these things. Because I cannot convict you. The Holy Spirit is. I can make you feel guilty, but that's not what you want. You see, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict you. See, what my job is, is to start you out at the beginning and say, fall madly in love with Jesus get into his word, devour his word, because he is the word. Jesus is the word. Get his words inside of you. Pray, worship, worship him, become more like him, and everything else will follow. Everything else will follow. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is a promise. Jesus, God the Father, sent his Son to die for you. Accept him. Believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose again three days later. And because he rose again, that is a guarantee that if you have his spirit living inside of you, you will rise again at the last day as well. Ask Jesus to come inside of your heart. Confess it with your mouth. And here's the big one. Believe it in your heart. Because your heart is the one that will actually demonstrate it out mm -hmm. in real life. Repent of your sins. And God will forgive you of them all. See, that's, what Je that's the message of the gospel, mm. that Jesus came down, died, and we can literally be cleansed white as snow. And that's when the journey begins. Then it's a daily process of getting to know him, a, a, a renewing of your mind. It is a daily process. But all I'm saying today is get into your word. Fall in love with him again. Fall in love with him. Hey. That's going to have to do it for today's show. We are out of time. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week.